This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to uh, the 2020 season kickoff. Yes, that's right. We're going to kick things off here at MIBTOnline.com for our weekly football training meetings. We don't know if we're going to have football where, when, how. Some states in Illinois, they've moved to the spring. Uh, if you go to Alabama, where Stan is, they're going to play on time. We've got many members from across the country. So we have made a commitment here at MIBTOnline.com to be here every Wednesday night, for the most part. Maybe we'll skip some holidays or something like that at 7 p.m. Central so you know where to get some football. Now, the meetings, we, you know, normally what we've done in the last couple of years is we'd have about five or six preseason meetings and they'd have certain topics and then we'd transition into this more of a film review type situation and that would go to about the end of October. Then we'd take November and December off. We'd be back in January with our monthly off-season meetings. Well, not this year, not in the new normal. We're going to run, run the table here. We're going to be here every Wednesday. But because of that, like I said, there may be a couple Wednesdays we miss from time to time, but they're also, uh, the meetings are going to be a little bit, I think, shorter and, and more specific on topics. So that way we'll develop this library of topics that you can go back to and reference on demand as a benefit of your membership. You know, that's what, one of the nice things we offer. I want to thank everybody, all the new members we got a lot of new members, and we had a great clinic last week, so that was great. So uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We had over 500 people watching. I don't think we're going to have 500 tonight, but we're going to have uh, a lot of you who, are, who just want to talk some football. So thank you for being here. I'm going to run around the panel here real quick, and uh, we've got Stan Brown from Alabama. Stan was a, is a surprise. Uh, he, was, uh, he told us he might not make it, but somehow he was able to uh, – Pull the strings and show up tonight, Stan. How are you doing today? Well, we uh, we able to to get things going earlier in the in the late afternoon. So here I am, and um, I'm I didn't want to miss because it's on. We start the 20th of August, and we've got scrimmages. Uh, got one this Saturday, and we've got a couple of next week. So we got to get ready. There you go, down in Alabama, football's on. Live football or die. That's what they like to say in Alabama. <laughs> anyway, um, hopefully, but in all seriousness, be safe down there. We want everybody to be safe. That's why we're here. They're playing football in Alabama. We got Bill Lamagne. Bill is with us. I want to thank Bill for being here. How are you doing today, Bill? Hey, life's good. Good to be here. Good to talk football. Excellent. There's Bill. And we got in studio, six feet away. Monitoring the text. Unfortunately, our chat is not working. We're working on it. Alex over there in the control room, he's been busting his butt trying to get that chat up and running. So uh, we hope to have that back here sh uh, shortly. We got a surprise for you at the end that might be cool. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But I'm going to throw it over to Robert so Robert can say hello. And Robert, how many people we got on with us right now, Robert? You know what? We have committed viewers. We got committed members, and I'm excited to talk football. We're in the month of August, and football is surrounding us, the state of Iowa, the state of Michigan, the state of Indiana, so I can smell it in the air. Thank you for joining us tonight. Let's have some fun. All right, Robert. So Robert's with us. He's monitoring the text. We're going to throw the text number up there right now. So if you've got a question, comment, anything like that, uh, go ahead and text us, 844-437-4345. Robert will raise his hand, and I'll get to Robert so we can get your feedback on this broadcast. We like to make it as interactive as possible. So let's jump to uh, our uh, PowerPoint here. Like I said, tonight we're going to be talking change of possession, but before we do that, um, let's uh, go through what we're going to do. We're going to do some quick announcements. Obviously, we're going to talk about the play of the month from June. Change of possession is our topic. Hey, call in and questions. We're going to talk more about the call in here later. But like I said, that's coming up. That's a little bit of a surprise, a new twist here at MIBTOnline.com. Then we'll have the play of the week for this week. So real quick, this is a podcast. So as soon as we're done with this meeting, we're going to turn in a podcast, be available tomorrow or Friday. So that way, if you want to listen in your car or while you're working out, yeah, you won't have the videos, but hey, you can keep that football going. It'll be available in a podcast. 
Uh, so go, it's on all your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, go check it out. Facebook page, a lot of you have liked it. If you're a member of this association and you have a Facebook account, please go and like that Facebook page, MIBTOnline.com. Twitter, at Officially Speak. If you have a Twitter account, that's where we do our polls, so you want to go check it out there too. YouTube, we do our plays of the week on YouTube now. We have our, some of our meetings from the past that are there, but uh, uh, MIBT Online or Officially Speaking, that's the YouTube page. So just don't want to remind everybody about those. So now, July's Play of the Month results. This is pretty... Uh, pretty crazy. We had, the, we had the play and that, you know what, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to show the play. Let's pull up the play right now and let's get there. So the play of the month, we're going to go wide on this. So the play is, we've got this formation. Whose flag is it? Who should be flagging this illegal formation? And when you see, you got the flag at the bottom coming from the line judge and so let's look at it. Let's, let's count this out real quick. You're going to see this in a new, in a new view. This is our new, new little toy here today once it loads up. So right now, we've got our official down here at the bottom. So he's the one who, who threw the flag, and that's our, our uh, line judge. Our head linesman up here, he didn't throw a flag. But if we go back to the beginning of the play, go back to the beginning of the play, you'll see that You've got one, two, three, four, five. So that's clearly five in the backfield. And four of them are to this official side. So I, I'm a little, was a little confused as to why that official did not throw on this, to be honest. I, I don't know why he didn't. But ultimately what ends up happening is that the play, like I said, the play goes out. You'll see it run here. And the line judge identifi uh, correctly identifies this as an illegal formation. So we're going to go back to the PowerPoint here. We'll get that running here. So the PowerPoint had us with our results. Who should throw this flag? A hundred percent. This has never happened before. A hundred percent said both officials should, show the, or should throw this flag. And that is great because that's true. Both officials should show the, uh, should throw on this penalty because both when you're working the line of scrimmage, you both are responsible to know if you've got the proper of uh, uh, the proper players on the line and you have the no more than the proper number in the backfield. So you know they've changed the rule a little bit in high school where you just have to have five in the line, but you can't have more than four in the backfield. So you can count in the backfield, but both wing officials should recognize this. Now, Bill, you know, it's been, you've heard this a long time and people have said that, yeah, we should have two flags on this. And you saw the poll, it's 100%. But there has been this kind of a, a, I would say a new philosophy that as long as one of the officials get it, we want to get this right. And a lot of times if the, like that bunch formation is to that head linesman side, which he didn't throw, which he probably should have, then maybe he would be the only one to throw because he's got all those receivers in front of him. What's your thought? I, I mean, I still think that both should be thrown. Yeah, I think 99.9% .9 of the time, you'll have both officials throw on it. There could be the exception that I might have uh, with the bunch over here. If I'm putting one of those guys on the line, um, you know, you know if I'm putting them on the line or not. And that's where signaling before a play is critical. And, you know, on a play like this, obviously the line judge got the call, got it right, which is good. But at the same time, he needs to communicate to that head linesman that he needs to do a better job with his visual communication between plays. I mean, if you're not going to get this one for, as an illegal formation, uh, why throw on any other one? You know, so, but it, it's, you know, it, it's the obvious thing. The flag came from the opposite side. The whole foul occurred on the on the other side. Um, the, the headlines were just uh, he was obviously incorrect. So do you give a correct call to the line judge and an incorrect no call to the headlinesman? I would, especially in that formation, because how does the headlinesman not identify that? He's got the four receivers or the four you know four players in front of him plus the quarterback. I would agree. I think I think you give the the line judge. A, Correct call, and I would ding the headlinesman because you, you want that focus to be there, and you just wonder 
where it might have been. He probably had he probably had so many players in front of him he couldn't see the quarterback under center. So he just thought that these were the four guys in the backfield. <laughs> it's very possible, Robert. We got we got some questions or comments on this. Yeah, Bill, a question for you is, what would you say to, now you're the referee, you know that the legal form or, um, formation was uh, thrown, and you got the information from uh, the line judge. Would you say anything to that linesman, and, and what would you say, and when would you say it to him, knowing that he and didn't I, have his flag? He may not even be in on the conversation about the penalty, uh, but I'd be curious as to no flag, you know, only one flag on this one. Because uh, I might not be aware of where the formation, you know, numbers were, but I, I should have an idea on this one. But the key thing is, is you need to pick the appropriate time to say something to the headlinesman about um, and questioning him of why he didn't have a flag. Um, you know, pick and choose your battles and pick and choose when the battle occurs. So it's interesting working the line of scrimmage that I have when I, if I was the line judge and I threw my flag. When this play is over, I'm going to call for the headlinesman to come over because I'm going to think, did I miss something? That was so obvious. Did I miss something? And I'm going to ask the headlinesman before I report to the referee, how many did you have in the backfield? Did you have those four guys and the quarterback? And if the headlinesman says, I don't know, or gives me the maybe or whatever, I'll go with the call. But maybe the headlinesman is going to say, no, 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 I had that guy in the end, even though it, it was. It looks like he was clear in the backfield. If he gave that judgment that no, he had him on the line, then I might pick up my flag because if that's what he was determining and the guy was right in front of him or down the line, I'm not gonna you know overstep. I mean, I want to let's go back. Let's go back to the play here real quick and just kind of you know if we look do at we it. Have, go ahead. Do we have Bill. a signal from the headlinesman. Say that. What was say that again, Bill? Do we have a signal at all? Can we see if the headlinesman was punching people off or not? No, we can't. Unfortunately, we can't at the top of this. But, um, but yeah, if you, I mean, the, here's where the here's where the interesting thing is is that if you go to the play and you see, I mean, right now you've got this this receiver at the, at the up to the top was looking over at the at the headlinesman. I don't know what he was telling him or not. I mean, this player right here is clearly in the backfield. But what if the headlinesman here has him on? You know, and I don't know that. So if I don't know that as, a, as the, the official down here, then if I'm down here over on this side, and I don't know this guy right here, I don't know if that guy is considered on the line or not right here. And I'm going to ask the headlinesman that before I go and report to the referee. Because, like I said, this is clearly, to me, uh, you've got too many in the backfield. But I want, I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. And it's going to be a very quick conversation. I mean, I've had that conversation before where all of a sudden, now, for whatever reason, now, usually not in a bunch like this. It could be somebody out there where he looks, he's clearly in the backfield. And I count five. And then all of a sudden the headlinesman says, no, 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 no. That guy, I had him on. And I'm like, well, wow, you're very liberal with that today. But if that's your judgment, we're going to pick this flag up and move on. So, I mean, you don't have an issue. You don't have an issue with that, do you? No, I, I don't have an issue with that. You know, and I, I just think this is, a, you know, probably just a case where the headlinesman, wherever his focus was, it wasn't on what was in front of him. So, I mean, this is just an obvious kick, and he'd be the only one to be able to tell us why he didn't have, have this as a foul. Uh, but you don't want this to, to go on and linger during a game because there's going to be critical times where that signaling and communication across the field to each other is going to be more critical. I mean, this one, fortunately, was jumped out and was big enough for the line judge to see. So glad he got it. Um, I won't say it's a crusader. Uh, but it, it's a uh, definitely one that had to be called. So once again, hundred percent, that was all good. We're going to finish this up with Robert. Robert, I think has a, one more question mechanically. Yep. Uh, first, someone made a comment about the radios. This is where the radios can help. Okay. And then also mechanically, if you look at the linesman, there's a question on his shoulders pivoting. So Bill, make a comment on this. Uh, do we want to keep those shoulders uh, square to the field? Looking, obviously he retreated properly backward, the, the headlinesman, but it uh, looks like his shoulders went perpendicular 
uh, with the action. Is that a mechanic we would want as a best practice? Please comment, Bill. We would appreciate it. I mean, I'd like to see when, when you're first moving, you can sidestep with a play forward. You can sidestep initially back. There will come a time, though, where you, you may have to turn and take that 45-degree look in the direction the play is going. So once the play starts to get ahead of you, then you're going to get it more into a 45. Um, but your first your first reaction should be sidestep left or sidestep right, depending on where the where the action is drawing you. Well, let's go back to the play real quick so we can talk about that because that's, so if we go back, if we go back up to it, you'll see right here, this is where the, at the top of the play, you, that's where, what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the headlinesman. And then what's going to happen with the headlinesman is that as this play goes, you see him kind of take this walking back. I, I actually, with, with Bill, to, to your point, I would like to see, I don't think he, he needs to walk like that. I think he can, he can shuffle because the way this is coming, I don't necessarily see him needing to do that at that point. He could kind of shuffle this way until it turns the corner. And then now he can, if he needs a pivot, he can pivot. I, I just, I don't, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a nitpick. It's not that big of a deal. I just personally, that's what I would do. I would, I would shuffle a little bit more than turn and in that, in that case, Robert. Yeah, just, just to kind of summarize, uh, they know that MIBT is offering best practices in that way, and I really appreciate the viewers' uh, interest in answer, having that question answered because we do want to bring in a high-level best practice performance with your game. So thank you very much for asking that question. All right, well, we'll move on to uh, what the, the main event tonight. So uh, we've got our change of possession. So when we have change of possession, a lot of things can happen. We start, the officials start going and doing things that they don't normally do on a, on a regular scrimmage play because now we're going the other direction. So a back judge will become a referee. A referee will become a back judge. Umpire, you are going to be in the wash, so you got to you know, keep an eye out. And wing officials, whether you have seven or, or five, so if you're just two wings or four wings, you're going to reverse mechanics or be in the wash too. So we're going we're gonna to walk through. We've got three plays tonight. We're going to walk through these plays individually and we're going to start out what one of the things we're going to try to do now is is really start at the line of scrimmage and, and make sure that everybody knows wh who's looking at who and you know that way we get in that same mindset of a mechanic if i'm the line judge if i'm the headlines if i'm the umpire referee where am i where is my initial key and priority and where am i looking so that way when this play happens we kind of know where everybody's responsibility is so we're going to go wide on the play I'm going to start out. So you can see we've got a, a formation. It's a balanced formation right now because you've got a receiver here, a receiver here, and you've got a receiver here, and you've got a receiver there. So that's two, that's four receivers, and then you've got the back in the backfield who really hasn't you know, declared. He's, even though he's to this side of the quarterback, it's a pretty much a balanced formation. And so, but now we're going to have a guy in motion. So now as we have this, this receiver goes in motion, tends to be that he goes to the back, so now it, it, it looks like our, our strength is to the left side. So when our strength is to the left side, who is responsible for who? So, you know, we talk about keys and priorities, and, and we have these different keys and priorities depending on what state you, you officiate. In Illinois, the back judge a lot of times is going to go to the end of the, uh, on the line uh, based off of our mechanics, which I'm trying to get changed. I personally think that the headlinesman should have this guy and the back judge should have this guy because that's, you know, it just kind of makes more sense of what they're looking down, down the middle of the field. But really, does it matter in this play? Because right when the play is snapped, really nobody is threatened. If you, if you look at it, there isn't a tight end. These are, you got regular linemen, linemen coverage. I'll get better at drawing the, one of these days. You got regular linemen. So nobody's threatened. So what does that mean? Right when the ball is snapped, we're going to zone. So we should know that. We should know that we have no competitive matchups. We're going to go to zone right away. So now that as we go to zone, you're going to see they flood. All the receivers are flooded out. So you've got a receiver here. You've got a receiver here. You've got one out here. You've got a back who's sneaking out right here. So in seven, when you have seven, that's nice because you're going to have some deep coverage. If you don't have seven, then with five, 
we're going to have to watch out. This headlinesman is going to, he's got to keep an eye out for this guy, but he's not, there's nothing really going on there. And he's also got coverage down here. Once again, there's nothing going on. It's just everybody's running in space, but it's just being aware of those of that action. So as this play continues, now we got a long pass downfield. And you can see there's really no matchups. Everybody, there's plenty of separation. And this looks like a screwed up route. So now we have an interception right here. Number three intercepts the ball. So when that happens, what are we thinking? Robert, you're a back judge. You've got this guy. You see that back judge right there. You've got an interception. What's the first thing you're thinking? My first thing I'm thinking on the return, I'm going to look at blocking ahead of that because uh, if we got possession and we're going the other way, my focus is clearly going to be in front of that, uh, the blocking in front of that runner. Okay. Stan, you're a referee. You see a, an interception after you've cleaned up your quarterback, of course. You've seen that interception. You know it's coming your way. What are you doing? Where are you going? Well, the first thing I'm thinking is I've got the goal line. And then uh, even it's being so far down the field, obviously uh, the goal line's not being threatened right now. So I'm going to start picking up potential blocking out in front as well. But I'm going to be very getting very close to where that goal line is. Okay. One other thing, you know, on Bill, I'm going to go to you on this, Bill. One of the things sometimes we in the college game, they've really made an emphasis of this absolutely in the NFL game. I think we can't forget about the high school game is find the quarterback, right? Because a lot of times that's a, the defense will look at as a free shot on the quarterback. Yeah, the, the referee is, is the last person back there. Um, protect your quarterback because somebody's going to, like you said, going to take that free shot here and there on him. So be aware where he's at. That doesn't mean they can't hit him. It just means that if he's just standing there upset with himself for throwing an interception, and they come and they light him up because he's just standing there. Now you got a unnecessary roughness foul. So uh, have that uh, in the back of your head. Also, the umpire's turn. So you have to remember, you've got those other linemen that might be there who might still be engaged. So the referee not just has the quarterback, but he also has the, anybody between him and the umpire because the umpire is going to have their back to him. Okay, so I want, we'll go back to the play. I want you to watch the back judge on this now. You'll see the back judge. Focus in on the back judge. We'll go wide on it. And there's the back judge right there. And the back judge does something that I want to discuss here real quick. You see, the back judge throws his bag. Okay, so let me under, let me, let's be very clear on this, okay? We see this in the NFL. We don't see it in college, but we see in the NFL that on a change of possession like this, they throw their bag. In high school football, we, when we throw our beanbag, it has a specific purpose. Now, as a back judge, you throw your bag more than, than others in regards to having not to do with like a fumble or something like that. So, Robert, when do you throw your bag as a back judge? I'll throw my bag in certain situations. Uh, if we have a fumble and I witness it, I'm going to put it nearest the spot on which the fumble occurred. Or I may throw it on uh, also at the end of a kick, scrimmage kick, to define that spot. And I may throw it on momentum as well. So there are times, but it's certainly not on an interception. Well, because the bag has purpose. If you do it on a fumble, you are indicating an end of your mic. How about my mic? Is my mic working there? Your mic's good. Okay, great. We're going to fix Tim's microphone so the camera's going to come back on me. But uh, Tim's point was when we throw our bag, we have to have a purpose for throwing that bag. And uh, in fact, I can give Tim my microphone to make it work. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, with that being said, yes, it just, you know, if we see a, a crewmate or at an under level game before the varsity game uh, where an official throws their bag unnecessarily, it's a great ex uh, educational opportunity for us uh, to mentor that, that student to know the purpose of why they're throwing their bag. All right, so I'm back. I guess my microphone battery died. Good thing I got ba backups right over there. Um, all right, so we got the bag. Like I said, we got the bag for uh, indicating end of the run. That's a penalty enforcement spot. We have the bag that we throw at the end of a kick because that's a penalty enforcement spot, scrimmage kick enforcement. We have the bag that we throw on momentum because that is momentum spot. If the ball were to become dead in the end zone, we have a spot to re return the ball. This has no purpose. The bag on a interception return 
doesn't serve anything. That spot is immaterial because if something happened before penalty enforcement wise, we have to go back to the previous spot. If something happens now after the interception, it now becomes a running play. And as long as the defense has gotten the ball with clean hands, they keep the ball and the penalty is just enforced in a normal basic spot enforcement, wherever that might be. So I just wanted to point that out. So you don't need your bag on on an interception. That's, that's important. Okay. And even on any change of possession, other than if it's, if it's a scrimmage kick and when you bag a fumble, you're bagging the fumble, not to change a possession. So we'll go back wide on this. So now we can see we've got this, we've got a couple things setting up here. So the team, the white team has the ball. We've got a potential block right here that we got to keep an eye on. Now we do have an official right there, but let's just say we don't, if we don't have an official there, Who's going to look at this? We're hopefully that our wing from over here is coming down to take an eye on these blocks. Right now, if you're looking at this, we've got only one, like I said, potential issue. These guys, there's nothing but air. So we don't want to officiate air. So hopefully our back judge is looking at this. Hopefully we got a wing looking at this from here. And then maybe we got our line judge getting ready to look at this. So now we're going to let this play out because We've got, we've got players in open space. So there's that block. So it looks like a pretty clean block here, but we've got eyes on it. But now we've got players approaching here and here. We got players approaching. So now we have to look at those blocks and be ready to rule on what we might have. Our back judge is coming across the top. He's probably now taking care of this. He's probably going to release the ball carrier to, if we have seven, to this deep official, or if we have five to this official, because they're, they're coming at them. So here we go. So now players going to still run, but now, as you can see, we've got more wash coming down. We got these players who are coming down as well. So who's going to keep an eye on them? Hopefully here's our headlinesman who, you know, in, in a five, he probably would have moved down here, but hopefully he's now looking at this point of attack because you've got your ball carrier right here. This is going to be cleaned up from the backside, meaning our back judge should be looking at backside now because now he's out of it. So hopefully he's cleaning that up for any of the garbage that might happen. So here we go. Sikani had a block right here. So if you saw that, I'm going to run it back here. You're going to see that you're going to see that there was a block and it was legal. So I'm not worried about it, but who's going to see it? You can see right here. There's this block right there. So who's looking at that block? Hopefully, like I said, we've got our headlinesman who's coming across or maybe even our line judge since this is point of attack. Heck, maybe even our umpire is looking at it, but our umpire might have something going on right there. So as you can see, we're not in the best position because it's a change of possession, but we still have to go to our point of attack and we still have to go to our standard philosophy of looking at those point of attack blocks, especially when they're all coming in an open field and everybody's doing some crazy stuff. So now we continue moving and now you can see the runners breaking out over here and our headlinesman is gets in this like, Oh crap mode because now the ball is coming right at her. The ball carrier is coming right at him. So it looks, if you see him, he's looking at this. He's not looking at blocks right now because he's more worried about his safety than anything else. Cause there's really going to nothing, nothing going to happen here other than a tackle. We've got our umpire here. Our umpire can now clean this stuff up and we got our referee hopefully is over here ready to do whatever the referee is going to do on, you know, on, depending on the result of the play. So now the play turns the corner and it's tackled and our, our headlinesman rules the spot, kills the clock and says he's inbounds. So let me ask you this. Does it matter if he's inbounds or not? Robert, on a change of possession on this, is it important to signal whether the runner is inbounds or not? Absolutely not, because at the end of the play, we're going to have a clock killer because we got beat with a new series. So no, it doesn't matter if he's inbounds or not. Right, it, it doesn't matter. So that's, this is what we're talking about change of possession because there are certain things that happen. Yeah, clock is going to start on the snap here. And that's important to know that it doesn't matter if the player was in or out. The clock will start on the snap. So Bill, you saw how this play developed and you saw how we have to switch and, and do different types of uh, coverage based on, you know, the play itself. Um, what is your comment? What is your take on it? 
Yeah, I agree the same thing. Uh, there's there's no need for a wine here. The, the comment I'd want to make is the difference between five and seven. And I see this a lot, especially since seven person mechanics are still relatively new, that the head linesman and the line judge think they should hold and they're going to be responsible for that coming back to that spot. And that's not the case in that crew of seven. That deep wing is responsible for coming down and getting the spot. And the short wing becomes the lead on it. And they need to be prepared to back up and backpedal so that uh, they can do the uh, blocked coverage around the action. Um, and only if the runner gets to them and passes them will they be responsible for the runner. So that, that's something to think about if you have that crew of seven. Uh, if it's the crew of five, yeah, you've got it all. Uh, you've got the blocks, you've got the runner. Uh, but the bottom line to it is change of possession, just kill the clock. Right, I mean, he did. And you know what? I, I do applaud him for killing the clock because we've seen a lot of, and we're going to probably see some more moving forward, of, of forgetting those basic mechanics. That's why we were just mentioned before that it doesn't matter if he's in bounds or not. Everybody should be thinking when, when the ball has been changed possession-wise, at the end of that play, we're going to kill the clock and go to that and point, you know, depending on what's happening. Because it doesn't matter if the offense ends up back with the ball here, team A, it's still going to be a dead clock and first down. So we should know that we're going to kill the clock, good solid mechanics, and then point possession. That's what, and I, we kind of forgot that here. So, um, so we're going to go on to our, we're going to go on to our next play here. And this is, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at interception returns right now, and that's fine. All right, let's pull up the draw here. All right, so we're at our next play. And once again, I want to start out by breaking it down. So we'll go wide on this. So if we look, we're going to let the play come out. So now let's start with our basic, our basic mechanics. We're line of scrimmage officials. We're going to count. So I've got one, two, three. And you can see our line judge down here is pointing back. So this is four. So that's, we've got our four in the backfield. So that means we've got our one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We've got our seven on the line of scrimmage. So our pre-snap, we're good. We know what we're going to do. From our keys and priority standpoint, this is a balanced formation. And you can see there is nobody here and there's nobody there. So there's a good chance that we're going to be we're going to be okay. Now we do have a tight end here. We do have a tight end there. So from this standpoint, our back judge hopefully is looking right there. Robert, do you agree with that? Yes. Uh, yes. That's simple. Yes. That's where our back judge should be looking. And why should our back judge be looking there, Robert? Okay, Tim, I was responding to a text. Oh. Okay, so you got me looking at the tight end here yes. on this one? Yeah. And why should be, be, go to the full formation so I can see it? All right, so we have, uh, we got, well, we have a balanced formation, and we're going to go to line judge side, and uh, based on our mechanic, on our crew, we're going to have the, uh, uh, the back judge take the inside receiver on the strong side. Right, but why is it important that you watch it? What, what, what do we see here? There is a lot of situations with that uh, tight end um, relative to, well, for, for one, blocking right out, out of uh, the snap, but also, uh, we have to, relative to reading the play, gives us a great indicator of what we're going to be uh, officiating. Right, and we got a competitive matchup, so we got to make sure that the tight end gets off because he's got a defender right up on him. These other guys up here don't, like I was talking about before. This guy, the, the receiver at the top here doesn't, and uh, the receiver up here doesn't, and the receiver over here doesn't. So this is our only potential competitive matchup that we have to be concerned about. So now we know we're good. We know where we're going to go right at the snap. So now here we go. The ball is snapped and everybody gets off the line clean and it's a quick throw. So our line of scrimmage officials are going to have to go right from, right from help, maybe helping out with a tackle or two going to go downfield. And here's a quick throw and it's, it's bobbled and now it's, it's intercepted. And now it's a return. Now I want you to watch the, Watch the linesman up at the top here. So focus in on the linesman and his mechanics after this happens. So here he goes. And now see how he's kind of like running? So the thing is, is that that's fine 
you know, because he, he's going he's gonna to end up having forward progress. And we're, you know, crew of seven, crew of five, we're going to say this is crew of five just for our purposes right now. But I would have I held if I were him. Once I see this interception right there, I'm holding. Because by running, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to, I'm going to just have my head moving. And now I'm not necessarily officiating. I'm, and I'm moving. And a lot of times, it's hard to officiate when we move. So in this case, I just would have held and looked for blocking. I would have then focused maybe here because these blocks, there's nobody to block. That would be officiating error. Here's where your defenders, this is the point of contact most likely. That's where it's going to happen. That's where I'm going to move my focus to. I'm going to hope my umpire is going to look backside, and I hope my referee is going to look here and maybe here and help out with the quarterback. Um, or I'm sorry, I'm, this is the back judge. The back judge I'm hoping is going to look at this backside, and the referee and the umpire we'll talk about here in a second. So because um, now we're going to move this through. So you can see this through, and we've got blocking up here. We've got a potential tackle here. We've got this here, and we've got a combination here. We, this is a guy who's got the brick in his hand because he's all out on his own, and so does this guy, the 252s. We want to keep an eye on both of those guys because we don't know what's going to happen, and there could be a bad block here. This is where a referee is going to help. So that's something to, to keep in mind that that's what we're going to end up doing. So now here we go. The guy keeps running, he keeps running, and it's a simple tackle. And now watch the mechanics. Here comes our, our linesman, and here comes our umpire. What did I say before? We know this is a change of possession. We know what's going to happen now, and what do they do? They just kind of walk in. They kind of walk in. Nobody kills the clock. Now the umpire kills the clock. And, and he just walks to it. He doesn't square off the spot. He doesn't kill the clock. Nobody points. Do we know what direction it's going? Nobody points or says anything. So this is where those basic mechanics come. We, gotta, we can't forget those on change of possession. Stan, have you noticed, I mean, is that something that when you work down in Alabama with your crews and in the training, those basic mechanics, do you see those lagging from time to time? Uh, yes. In fact, uh, what Bill said in the previous one in seven, man, we have a tendency to forget that the deep wings get the possession on the return. And so we've had some uh, claustrophobic issues before uh, in getting spots on a change of possession return. And in that situation, uh, one thing I always say in my pregame to my crew is uh, when you have the change of possession, make sure you kill the clock and make sure you point the direction. It seems like a lot of young officials think that it's the referee's responsibility to point in the direction. And I said, no, we don't wanna waste that time for me to get up there to do that. That's your responsibility. So that's some, one thing that we go over, I go over every pregame with my crew. And that's important, those basic mechanics. You're right, it's not just the referee, it is everybody on the crew, especially the covering official is responsible for determining possession. Bill, we've talked about this before. We do see that from time to time where we, we kind of have that lapse of those basic mechanics. You know, we, we don't square off a spot. What's the best way to kind of remind yourself, you know, when you're in this kind of a transition, change of possession, to, to keep that focus to make sure you, you're, you are focused in on those basic mechanics? Well, again, you know, the, the squaring off, it, it's, this probably isn't the only time this, this wing official has come in on a 45-degree angle. Uh, you've got to take and come down the sideline, stop where it's at, and then depending how the play ends up, that'll determine how far you need to commit. If there's a pileup like this one, you're going to have to come in closer. Um, if, if the guy is just tackled one-on-one -on -one out in the open field, you can hold that spot from the sideline. Um, it seems to, you know, everybody said it so far, but I'm telling you, it's a lost art to signal the point of change of team possession. I see it at the high school level. I see it at the college level. Uh, it's like, I don't care if it's the most obvious change of possession in the world. Kill the clock, put your arm out, hold it for three seconds, showing that you it, we're going this way. This play is over and we're going this way. So don't, don't take it for granted. No, it's important. We don't, 
it makes us look better, crisp. So if you're out there on those change of possessions, remind yourself that that's, you need to keep those basic mechanics, and it should be on every play. You know, you get the first down, kill the clock. You know, square off the spot, make it look good, because it shows up on film, and it doesn't look the best when you see it on film, obviously. So we're going to go to our third and final change of possession play, and we'll go wide on this, and we'll start it off again how we have been. So we've got a formation. So we've got a receiver here that's on, so that's one. We've got two, three, four, five, six, seven with a tight end. That's our tight end right there. And then we've got our four in the backfield. One, two, three, four. So that's pretty simple. We've got our pre-snap, pre-line pre, um, uh, of scrimmage checklist is in order. We, we know what we're doing. So we're good there. So now what we're going to do is we're going to see who are our, what our keys and priorities are. Well, our, we got nothing here. And we got nothing there, but we do have something here. So based off of what we're talking about, our back judge better come across here because and watch this because it has the potential of that, of that tight end not getting off of the line of scrimmage. So now we know what we're going to do right at the snap. So here we go. We're going to go to the snap now. Here's the snap. First, motion doesn't really kill us. So now we've got a bunch of misdirection going on. And... It doesn't really matter. If we sneak in the backfield, if we watch the linemen, if you watch the linemen here and see what they do, they pop up into a pass blocking technique. See them kind of pop up? So even though there's this garbage going on in the backfield, you know, whoop-de-doo, hand it off here, this is obviously a pass play. And, you know, that's being that school of the game, understanding what the blocking techniques are in order to officiate that properly. So you know you're going to have a pass. So if we go here, our tight end looks like he got off no problem, which is good, but our hopefully our back judge was looking at that. So as the play continues, we don't have we are I think our headlinesman up here at the top is doing, which we can't really see yet, but he's probably doing a good job. Um, he's up there. He's doing a good job of holding because there's nothing for him to go down. There's nowhere need for him to go down yet. So here we go. Quarterback rolls out. Now see how he kind of runs back. I don't know if you caught that. He kind of jogs, like kind of darts back when the quarterback is coming at him. You know, there's really no, this is not necessary. I understand that we, we want to put ourselves in a better position for safety-wise. We don't want to have anybody come at our knees. But we got to be aware of the line of scrimmage in this case. Now, hopefully, we got a line judge at the bottom who's helping out. But we still need to, we don't want to necessarily just dart away because let's see what this quarterback does. So this quarterback turns and throws, and our guy is moving this way. And I don't know why he's moving that, that way. I mean, it just it doesn't seem to make any sense because here's where the pass is. The pass is going right here. So I don't know why he would do that. I would think you, want, you would want to hold and see what the play is going to do. And then from, from that point, you can judge. Now, this is a great catch. We're going to back it up because... Right here, number three, it looks like. He's the one who intercepts the ball. So I want to back it up and watch what happens afterwards. And this is why I wanted to point out the headlinesman, because with him moving, it's difficult to see if he's got it all. Now, it looks like he does. He maintains that possession inbounds, and our headlinesman did get a chance to look at that. But it might have been easier for him if he wasn't running around. So just keep that in mind. Try to... We move with a purpose. We don't want to just run to run. We don't want to, we don't want to put ourselves in a position that, you know, while we're, we're trying to make a judgment while moving, like I discussed earlier. So now we've got that change of possession. Here we go. And we've got a lot of blocking and a lot of stuff going on. And look, our, our headlinesman does kill it and he does point. So how about it? He does kill it. He does point. But let's go back to right after the ball has changed hands. So now we're in that, we had a, a block up here, and I don't, I don't know if you could see it. It was prior to the, it was when the ball was in the air. So it, it looks like, you know, that was the play on the quarterback. So he kind of pushed the quarterback and then fell. So our referee's probably going to still be, be eyeballing this. Our umpire is in good position to look at this stuff. And hopefully our back judge is coming across the top and cleaning up from behind. Our headlinesman, who's now in that, that mode, he's going to have to then transition to point of attack. And our line judge at the bottom here is hopefully cleaning up down here and 
starting to look out here and here to help out on the back side. We don't take, nobody gets to take a playoff on this one. So let it play out. You can see there was a pile drive here, right here. Who's got that? Hopefully our umpire is looking right at it. I mean, it looks to be somewhat suspect as to a hold or maybe unnecessary because now, but who's doing it to who? It's one of those like, who's doing it to who? It looks like the white player is pile driving him, even though the, the blue players have the ball. So I don't know if our, if our umpire was looking at it or not. Was he looking over the top? I just hope somebody gets, gets involved in that because when we have these change of possessions, that's when a lot of goofy stuff can happen because there's, there's holes, unfortunately, sometimes in our mechanic. So be aware of that and don't ball hawk. Stay in your area, look for the backside if that's what you have, and let the covering officials take the coverage of the ball and go to point of attack if, if you have reverse, if you're the, if you're the referee. Robert, uh, any last like, comments on this from, from the, the text or anything like that? No, but I'll just share a couple of my personal comments you know, from the back judge position because you're in a great viewpoint to see the action because it's all moving away from you. So you are on cleanup, and uh, as a back judge, you would want to be favoring where the players are moving towards that sideline because uh, obviously with that many players colliding, there's more uh, opportunity for something to be occurring and, and also ultimately cleaning up the action at the end of that emotional uh, play. So it's great to be visible, but stay wide, keep your vision wide and, and not allow yourself to be, you know, essentially the, uh, the official that can catch the cheap stuff if there's anything that occurs during that end of the play. So now it's time for our MIBT Online Play of the Week for this week and we're going to have these weekly now so how about it we're not going to be doing a month we're going to be doing them weekly so we'll go to the powerpoint presentation and you'll you'll see what we're going to do so this is for august 5th so here's the play so we're going to go wide on the play and i'm going to i'm only going to run this play twice so the question it's a kickoff the question's going to be how many illegal blocks do you see so we're going to let it play out. Here it goes. So keep that in mind as you're watching this. I'm not going to do slow-mos or anything like that. You got to find them all. How many potential illegal blocks do you see on this play? And it's going to run out. So there you go. All right. So that's the end of the play. I'm going to run it one more time. One more time. It's a kickoff. So get ready. I guess if you're watching this on YouTube or something later or in the on-demand version, you can go back and go slow on it. But I want you to find as many illegal blocks on this play as you can. So there it goes again, or potential illegal blocks. I guess, you know, they may or may not be. That's going to be the discussion next week. All right, so, so here's, the, uh, the, here's the question. How many illegal blocks can you find? Three or less? four or five or more so it's going to be on twitter officially speak if you don't have a twitter account please email me tim at mibtmedia.com or you can put the comments in the facebook because this will be on facebook you can put the comments in on the youtube uh what you think uh go to the if you have a twitter account it'll be on twitter the uh the poll so go check it out or email me because guess what from all the random entries, if you email me your answer and, and we're gonna sh we'll share some of your answers next week, we got some stuff to give away. We've got uh, 2019 DVDs to give away, Bill Amani's Best Practices. We've got t-shirts to give away. So we're gonna start giving stuff away for people who participate. So please email and randomly we'll, we'll pick some people and we'll start sending them some stuff so that way you can wear your MIBT Media, MIBT Online stuff with pride as a member of this great association. So uh, like I said, as we move forward, and we had a little hiccup there with our new call-in feature, it will be fixed next week. We are going to fix it. Uh, trust me, we're gonna have that. We're gonna have those phone lines available for you to call in and ask us questions at the end. Open mic time, talk about whatever you want. That's what we're here to hear, we're, or here for you. We're here to talk football and make us better. Hopefully we made us better a little bit tonight. We're gonna run around the panel. I'm gonna thank everybody, Stan. Stay safe. Good luck. Enjoy. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. Uh, we're 
we're excited about it. Uh, some of us uh, older guys, a little apprehensive, but we're still excited for the kids to uh, get a chance to get out there and play. And um, we're going we're gonna to take care of them as best we can. That's a, that's great. I, you know, stay safe. You know, do everything you can. Bill, want to appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it, the Zoom meetings are becoming so state of the norm these days that I don't know if we got together and, and had a group in a room. I don't know if we know how to behave, but um, it uh, they've been uh, they've been fun for me to be a part of, and I appreciate. it. Well, thank you. And this is not a Zoom meeting. Not a Zoom meeting. It's better. Better than a Zoom meeting. Robert yes, Ybarra. <laughs> Robert Ybarra, thank you for being here. And any last-minute questions or comments in the chat or in the text? No, it's been great with the viewers. It's been very engaging. So thank you so much for all your comments and questions tonight. Uh, one thing I did realize, Tim, on my way over here tonight was, you know, normally I like to make mistakes in April, uh, and, and then I can uh, never on the field in August. And now I have to flip that. I, I'd rather make mistakes here in August and uh, never on the field in April. <laughs> or in May or, or in the frozen tundra in February. We'll get the chat room back, I promise. Right, Alex? Alex is over there. He's going he's gonna to work on the chat room for us. So that way we can get back to the chat, the chat room. Chat room. We'll be up. <laughs> It will be a blame me. Don't don't blame the host. He has nothing oh. to do with this. Oh, it'll be I fine. Promise. Alex is doing good work for us. So he'll get the chat room up and running. He ran a great show tonight. Appreciate everybody for being here. Hopefully you caught the, you, you cut something out of this. If you don't, go back and watch it again. You know, you can do that. And uh, we'll be back next week, 7 p.m. Central, right here, MIBTonline.com for all your football needs. And uh, share it with your friends. Tell everybody about it. And we can't wait. We'll, we'll have the topic for you. And uh, we'll, we'll have, talk some great football. We'll have the play of the week as well. So until then, I'm Tim Kiefer, and we'll catch you next week, 7 p.m. Central, right here. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the MIBTOnline.com podcast. Join today at MIBTOnline.com. We'll catch you next time.